All right. Pan the camera to Chili. Look at him. What the crap, man? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> um. All right, then. Well, I'm used to it by now. You know, if y'all don't watch the YouTube channel very much, well, maybe it comes through on the audio, too. You Hopefully, you've realized that when I say I'm ready for the podcast to happen, all these people that are in here that attend the podcast, none of them are ever ready when I'm ready for the podcast to happen. Oh, I'm ready. The tech guy, he usually has his gear jacked up. Where have you been, Aunt B? Aunt B's just walking in now. Chili's got his hat over his face. Uh, you can't let so, nobody know when you're doing anything. So I'm used to. He wants everybody so, to operate on his time, exactly, but don't tell him to his come time. on this podcast. I literally have to suspend my entire morning and wait on you to text me and say you're heading here because you won't you won't choose a time to do it and just say hey. We're doing the podcast at 12. Meet us there. Or even like between 12 and 12.30. I have to just sit and wait and not do anything. Don't engage in anything that might take too long. And wait for you to say, we're on the way to the office. You and then be I on head standby. Here. Right. Well, today he didn't say, we're on the way to the office. He said, we're leaving the range. And then we're going to go eat. And I figured it'd probably be, I don't know how long that takes y'all. Well, you know why that happened, right? You, why? Hey. He, he incurred a... Just an ugly loss at the range today. We had a competition. <laughs> we did the horse thing again with rifles. Me versus... I mean, it was atrocious. Like, I think Blakely could have won. It was... He was missing at like five yards with his rifle. Uh, he was taking multiple shots on the long... It Literally the worst shooting I've probably ever seen from anybody. So he's just a little befuzzled and forgot well, yeah. to let me know to come here. No, you, he's you, just kind of like you know, I gotta just go wallowing in it. I gotta go back to the chiropractor. You that, need to that, go back to the gun practice. You well, said you don't believe in the chiropractor. Well, the Why would you go back? The best Ooh. I ever shot was when I one time I went to the chiropractor, and he had this little um, gun thingy. And he was he was putting that thing on my face, going pack, 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 all over my uh, <laughs> eye, my eye orbs and stuff. And he straightened out my vision, man. And I went out the next day after he did all that, and I shot. And man, I was like just so crisp. My my vision and my you know my ability to hit the target. I mean, he lined me up. Have you ever had your skull adjusted like that, baby? No. Bad when your skull gets out of alignment. Yeah, I've never. <laughs> yeah, that's that a done. lot of problems that I have. Yeah, he can. He he was readjusting <laughs> all these cracks in my cranium and around cranium. my eye lobes. He knew they were out of socket too. He he knew they were. <laughs> I didn't know you had sockets in your cranium. Oh yeah, yeah, your skull socket. Eye <laughs> socket. I've already so I'm already back out of whack. So today it's like everything was real fuzzy. You know, I wasn't moved by reaction time and my reflexes were low. So I might have to go by, back to the car, uh, chiropractor before we do another competition, which is coming. By the way, I think that's hilarious. This is the, this is the three <laughs> of that's seven his excuse. This is the three of seven podcast. This is not a podcast, this is a podcast. 
Okay? So that's the first order of business I have for okay. you guys. This is a podcast. Order of business two is I'm going to take this up with you, boo-boo. I'm the listen, up YouTube. The listeners do not like it when you disrespect your husband the way you do. <laughs> you just came up on this podcast and disrespected me with your cackling, old cackling hen. Me, me, me. Somebody couldn't show me this and that and this and that. Look, if you want to be up on this podcast, you operate off of my schedule, boo. That's what I'm doing. Don't come up on here and disrespect me because the listeners get really upset about that, okay? We need to keep things in the proper order here. I'm currently making a decision whether to engage with him today or not. What do you think, Blake? Like, he's obviously... This is what happens. So when he gets crushed in a competition... His ego gets a little pushed down, you know, and stuff like that is how he raises it back oh, up yeah. is like attacking people or just trying to get a rise out of people because it makes him feel powerful, yeah. you know, like, oh, I just made you mad. Look at me, you know, and it, got an excuse it'll, for it'll make him forget how badly you crushed him today. Yeah. Oh, and the a chiropractor excuse is great, too, yeah. isn't it? I told him on the video, he talks crap when he's winning and he talks crap when he's losing about why he's losing. It's like, all he does is just talk crap, just a bunch of nonsensical. Yep. Boo, it's okay that you lost. Can I Can I just tell you for just a minute that you don't always have to win at everything. Look, you are in, wait, wait. You're important to me. You're valuable. I love you. You're a great husband. You're a great brother. Just because you don't win doesn't mean you're any less important to me, okay? Yeah. All that I stuff's true, but you still suck at shooting, man. <laughs> you freaking burned your leg with your suppressor. Did you, you really? Yeah, he missed targets all day. He's slow as a dang turtle. Babe. He couldn't even run fast. He was trying to do sprints. It looked like, I mean, he was doing that all night pace. <laughs> Like he was on the rock course. I was like, man, try to run. You know, like we're trying to do this fast. You better go get them sockets looked at ASAP. Look at his, look how his, he's holding his mouth. That's oh, how he's you know mad. he's like. Yeah. Uh, like this. <laughs> he's, he's all pursed up, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's What's so wrong mad. with Chili? He's not here. Chili's not here today. Did you make him mad, Boo? No, I didn't he's make not him mad. Somebody had to have made him mad if he's sitting here with his hat. He's got his hat over his face. That's not chilly. So you can't see him. Boo, I want you to start referring to me. No. <laughs> okay. From this point forward on the podcast and in our day-to-day life as your immaculate lover. <laughs> okay. What? So Her. I just... <laughs> That's that is going to be the new uh, uh, mandate in our relationship. Just please refer to me as your as the, no as the immaculate lover. T I L baby. Yeah. I'll, I'll do my best. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you, the immaculate lover. You're welcome, Boo Boo. I'm always here for you. I'm always here to be your immaculate lover, baby. You better watch out with them shorts with that stance you got. Filthy. Chili said it's filthy. He ain't got to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, for all you guys 
Man, oh. move your arm and your leg. Can't oh. nobody even... Jeez. For all you guys that are tuning in, <laughs> welcome back to the 307 Podcast. It's been quite a while. We've been out of town. Uh, we, we ran our Alpine trip, Alpine mission this past week. We do that once a year. It's kind of the the pinnacle of training that we put on here at 307 Project. We had a very successful course out there. An amazing team, amazing group of people. We'll talk a little bit about that here after a while. Shay Butler has got the new Intrepid for sale right in time for hunting season. I think that's called the Instinct. The Instinct. <laughs> Which one does he make that's the Intrepid? That's the basic course knife. Okay, have. yeah. So the Intrepid's the larger, mm-hmm. the larger, like more bushcraft. The Instinct is like the everyday carry yeah. but the instinct is also is a fixed blade so it's it's got enough surface area along the edge to do some pretty heavy duty skinning and cutting work mm-hmm. it's not a knife that you would want to like baton wood with or pry with or anything like that but as a hunting knife it's a great hunting knife to, to gut a deer, to skin an animal, whatever. It's nice and light. The handle's nice and thin. It's kind of skeletonized, and it's comes with a Kydex sheath, yeah. so that comes with the knife. And this new one, this new model he just came out with uh, in partnership with 307 Project has a bright orange or like hunter orange grips on it. And a lot of people think, well, ah, you know what? You know that's just for style. That is not just for style. That is for function. How many daggone times? I can't count how many times I have killed a deer, and I'm out at night in the woods gutting the deer, and you set your knife down, and you can't find the dang thing. It's right. You know it's right there in the leaves somewhere, right? You set it down. You even pay attention to where you set it down. Then you go back to look for the darn thing, and it takes you two or three minutes to pick it up and find it again. So I thought that was an awesome yeah. design to make those grips, that that highlighter orange or hunter orange color. It's a functional thing for a hunting knife, 100%, man. Yeah, they all got the logo engraved on them. They're all serialized. Yeah. Shea makes awesome blades. If you guys haven't seen them, if you don't buy the Instinct... Well, check out the other knives he has. He makes some really awesome custom-designed knives. These aren't your Walmart, you know, your Walmart specials or even your production knives like your your Benchmades and stuff. It's kind of a step above that. So I'll attach a link to the Instinct, the new color scheme that Shay came out with for hunting season. I'll attach that in the show notes of this episode if you're too dumb to find the show notes, you probably don't need to be carrying a knife. Okay? <laughs> so if you can't find the show notes, just don't worry about it because you don't you just disqualified yourself from from even carrying a knife. Is it a limited supply of those? Yeah. Of the orange ones it is. Yeah, yeah, Shay makes stuff in small batch. He's not a he's not a mass production type of guy. So yeah, yeah. there there'd be limited quantities on that. I don't know exactly what they are, but um Chili, if they go to the website, is the link to them in our website? 
Yeah, the link is to the uh, the original colorways. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it should be the same link. Yeah. Um, and if you go on our website, you will see that it clearly directs you to Shay's website and is marked out of stock simply so you won't place an order on our website because we are not selling them and shipping them. Shay is. So please read that if you have the ability to read and you are literate. Then click the link and go over to Shay's website, and then you can purchase the knife. We put these extra extra difficulties in, you know, to, to just... We, what we're doing is we're pre weeding out. We're pre qualifying yep. people to to actually buy the knife. You know, I get complaints all the time on, um, or I see complaints all the time on the the truck talk videos. People are saying, "Why you need to attach a link to the to the t shirts in the in the episode description?" I had to actually go and <laughs> type in the website address. What the heck? Well. That's crazy, that, isn't it? What the crap, man? What the crap? That's a shame you, what you the are world's so, gotten to. You are so... <laughs> we, dang shame. <laughs> we are so dang just covered up in our absolute convenience and instant gratification in our day-to-day -day life that if I tell you to go to a website you get pissed off if you have to type in www.3of7project.com. <laughs> Ain't nobody putting the W's you, in there you anymore. Just, you just want to have a little hyperlink that you can click. Well, we do this kind of stuff to weed folks out. Plus, a lot of people get scammed clicking on links, man. We're trying to s yeah. stop the link clicking. Well, y'all don't want any turds carrying around your knife, right? Like, you don't want someone to see. Or, like, I don't, yeah, or, wear, or wearing a t shirt. Yeah. Like, yeah. This ain't, we ain't mass, we ain't, uh, just ask ChatGPT to do the link for you if you don't want to do it. Where's the, where's the link to the basic course registration, Chad, or the ROP course <laughs> registration? Where's that? I don't even think that exists. <laughs> That's conspicuously yeah, you, left out, you too. You have to send an email. Mm. Um, Dang. Oh, yeah. That's a whole other level, actually having to send it. What's the guy say on Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? The guy that's, the guy that's running for office, he says, We ain't one at a time in here. We're mass communicating. <laughs> well, well, Chad, Chad, we're one at a time in here. Yeah, well, Chad is definitely one at a time. I saw that today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he counts to six one at a time. One, one, one. What happened there? <laughs> what, what happened there? Did my brain short circuit? What yeah. did I actually do? Oh, well, did somebody I... explain that, that, what, that saw it from the outside? Because I was on the inside. <laughs> well, the drill was that we were going to shoot this course of fire three times. And the course of fire was one shot at the 200-yard mark and one shot at the 150 mark. So that'd mean you would end the drill at the 150 and Chad was set. No, uh-uh. You've got to finish at the 200. <laughs> so he said, pointing at 200 yard one, pointing at the 150 yard one, <laughs> one, 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 one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You will be down there. <laughs> that was unbelievable. <laughs> it's like, he, it's like he only has access to one number. <laughs> so on he his hands, to, he, he was saying he can't count. He just has to tally. <laughs> he was saying one, 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 one. So that, uh, okay, that's six. <laughs>
And where did that? Okay, that's why. Can you imagine if you had ten numbers? <laughs> the smoke said Velcro shoes Zero, are one, awesome. Nine, <laughs> <laughs> oh I think God. he's suggesting maybe Chad get him a set of Velcros. <laughs> That's why I wear these things. They don't have laces on them. They just got these knobs I can turn to tighten them up. This is your your new school Velcro shoes right here. Oh, man. Man, yeah, that was... Man, I don't know what was going on with me this morning. Look, you want to beat Chad, engage his mind, and make him <laughs> shoot a long distance. He's done. If you want to beat him at something, just count to ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just talking about engage his mind. But you got to move through the numbers, right? Count to ten by the correct number. Is anybody even watching this? It got three hundred and seventy people on. Holy here, man. crap! Talk YouTube. About something worth what is saying. up? YouTube. What's up? Hey, YouTube? Talk about something worth saying. What's up? YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. I got a daggone question for you, man. Uh oh. What the crap are you doing right now? Watching a podcast. Podcast. A podcast at freaking thirteen hundred, man. By some dude who can't even count. Yeah. Do y'all not work or train? What the heck, man? Deer season's coming up. Are y'all not out scouting the woods? Y'all up in here watching a podcast at 1300? What are y'all doing, man? They're all working from home or eating lunch, you know? Uh, mailman said he just finished up his bike ride. He's about to be counting that money. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, mailman. I saw your bike you posted that you bought the other day. Uh, mailman bought him a bike some off of Facebook Marketplace or something. And, uh, whoo, son, it's going to be real interesting to see how Mailman does on TNGA. He said he's year. just getting ready to count that money. You know, I bet him a thousand bucks, boo boo. I know, I heard. Okay. What, what's the other people doing on YouTube? Oh, uh, well, one guy said it ain't but 10 a.m. in California, lunch hour. Well, there's your problem. You're living in California, son. Retired. You've got to get out of that place, man. Retired vet, waiting on my next class to start. Oh, we've got a student on here. Day off, one guy from Poland. Who uh, has a day off on Wednesday? Does nobody work anymore? They, <laughs> they work them 12 hours, you know. <laughs> Three night. on, two off, that kind of deal, so. All right, well. That'll be fine. If y'all want to if y'all want to watch this podcast, go ahead and watch it. We're up to four. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you could be out you could be out hanging a deer stand right now, man, and you're up here watching a podcast. <laughs> you guys cool. What the heck, heck, man? What did you say Somebody, a minute ago to him that you was could very be out washing like, your land cruiser, man? You 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 need to rein yourself in and like let's get to a real conversation. Poppy's on here. He said he's off today. <laughs> <laughs> oh no poppy poppy wasn't off today poppy had to go to doctor's appointment today son that's true yeah poppy had to had go to, see shardell poppy had to go see shardell today, shardell. shardell said time for you to get another surgery <laughs> shardell man well he's all the time trying to get you in that surgery ain't he poppy <laughs> poppy poppy had a daggone neck surgery man Jogger, Jogger had the worst neck surgery you could probably have in the history of neck surgeries. I mean, they just slap, stove him up. Does he even have a neck anymore? Uh-uh, they cut it off. <laughs> they cut it off and sewed his head to his man, shoulders. He's, he's missing his fifth appendage, man. Hey, Poppy, they, we went in there and he cut his neck, slam off. He come out next week. He went and seen Sherdale, and Sherdale said, oh, no, you're going to have to have another surgery. <laughs> you have to have your neck put back on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust these freaking doctors for nothing, man. Um, 
That's actually going to lead me into my main topic today. But first, I want to I want to talk a little bit about the Alpine trip. Chili, kick that off, man. Well, all I remember is, um, well, this, well, this is for the people that were on the Alpine mission, not the people that we're talking to now that are listening. But all I got to say is, man, it was it was like a tick. It really was. It really was, wasn't it? Like it a, was like, like a, a tick? tick. I mean, it, it was, was like a tick. Like a tick, man. How so? Oh, that's just for them. You wouldn't get it. You're not a mountain goat. Just think of anything you know about a tick, and that's what the, that's what it was. Yep. Blake, what was your main <laughs> takeaway? What was your main takeaway from the Alpine mission? <clears throat> main besides takeaway. that. Besides that. Besides like a tick, yeah. Don't depend on chili to pick pick us a good spot to eat. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of out on the mountain, but yeah, you definitely, you know, you've got to give Chili at least a two-year notice if you want him to, <laughs> to go ahead and have your spots ready to eat, so we two did. Years. So when we travel, Chili has basically one job. Uh, the, the whole reason that he comes along is so that he can pick our places where we're going to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. When we're not actually out on the mission, because we go out there a day early and we stay a day after, and uh, horrible failure on this last trip, mm. he did disagree. Um, now, now when he does do his job, you can take Chile anywhere in the United States, potentially anywhere in the world, and he's going to find. The absolute best places to dine. To dine. Yes. And and, and it, these aren't going to be like places where, you know, if, if you Googled what's the number one place in this city or this town to eat, he, he's not going to pick those places. He's going to pick the true best place to eat. I mean, he's done it time and time again in city after city. He just nails it. How do you actually do that, Jill? Well, I'm, do you think I'm going to divulge that? Well, just give the people a little advice so when they're traveling, they can at least try. Okay. Um, be more like me. That's how. Well, Such you know a he's freaking not, politician. You know answer. he's not going to answer that. But He's not going to well, answer well, Okay, well, look. You said if it's number one on, you know, whatever list that I won't pick it. It may end up being that restaurant potentially in some places. It's not often, but it it may be. It's just I'm not going to pick it because of that. If you think you're good at picking restaurants and you go look at reviews or you go look at travel advisor or something, you're a daggum idiot. Hey, if you no, go, he's right. if you look at reviews, have you ever stopped and considered who leaves a review yeah. on a restaurant? It's I not do. people you trust, man. I leave reviews on restaurants every time I like Exhibit one. Exhibit A. What? What Exa does that mean? Exactly. <laughs> Explain that, what you're saying I, to me. I'm saying if you leave a review on a restaurant, I ain't taking your restaurant advice. You eat my food all the time. Yeah, your food's good, but I don't. I ain't going to your recommendation of a restaurant. No way, no how. <laughs> that, that is true because you know biscuit. What the crap? If she leaves, if she leaves a review on a restaurant. 
They don't even have to have the best food, but if they have good service and they're nice, she'll leave them a review. Well, that's how most people are. And then the other half is just smooth brains that complain about something that wasn't even a complaint because they're too dumb to even realize what was going on. No, man, you can't go off of reviews. You you have to use my proprietary method, which I'm just not going to divulge unless you pay me $10,000 and then I'll do it. And And a lot of people are asking why you have a hat over your face today. What? You heard me. Don't say what. What? You know, a big. <laughs> I'm gonna get us on track here. Something worth talking about. But. Well, I, I do. I do want to say too before you you go that route, Chili. Um, Blake. You, you know, Blake. I mean, Blake. Yeah. There goes my freaking brain <laughs> short circuiting. One, one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> come on, come on, spit it out. Hey, come on, man. <laughs> Most people don't even know what good food is either. No. You're right. I, I mean, they just they they have no concept of what truly good food is. You're right, man. Sad. Yeah. So I have noticed that. That's one thing I'll tell you guys, listeners, that Chili does. And I'm not joking, man. I'm not joking. This this dude can pick the the spots to eat. He doesn't pay any mind to the reviews, and he will. I've seen him do it. He will look at the pictures of the food. So that's one thing that I know he he is doing that uh that he won't tell us the whole thing but that's one I know. So Blake, what's up man? Everybody on here's wanting to see my haircut but Oh, oh yeah yeah. Old you baby should show head. it. Old baby head. Get no, to see this. Don't step in front of the camera with you that man. Get to see this. He man. looks like a freaking child, man. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He looks good. Poor no, he baby he head. Looks like a baby see? head, man. Told you. You guys are upset because he looks handsome and y'all still look trashy. That's what's going on here. <laughs> looked like a piece of. Uh, it looked look, like an empty uh, tater bag. Chip. A man <laughs> is supposed to have hair all up on him. If, if, <laughs> look, if God didn't want a man to have a beard and long hair, he would have made him bald. God made man with hair. Chili, <laughs> shut up. And any of y'all that that think that I'm wrong, and all y'all out there getting haircuts and stuff. Just remember one thing. The wages of sin is death. We just heard a story <laughs> earlier today. What? Look, let your hair grow, man. This is going to you be a lot more. The way you, you just, keep your hair is the way you keep your life. Did you just say that cutting your hair is possibly a sin? No, I didn't say that. I just said the wages. He, he sin. did allude to that. He but did. Anybody listening, that's wrong. That was two separate cons. That was two separate but why did you put them Thanks. back to back? Because that was what that was something that was on my mind right then. It's kind of like the one one thing. Yeah, it popped into my head, and I just figured I'd put that out there. The wages of sin are death, <laughs> and then move on. Yeah, to had the not, day. that had nothing to do with cutting your hair. <laughs> yeah, it was. You tell him, Bishop Chad. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Pope Chili. All right, what did you have to say, Blake? Get well, us, I was just going to talk about you know our time there. I think it was the maybe the first evening where you read that quote about uh, how. People who won't learn in plenty will learn in necessity. Mm. Where when you got a lot in your life and, you know, you can get by with letting certain things slip, over time, eventually those um, accumulate and you're going to be slipping so much that you ain't going to have nothing and you're going to have to really learn how to figure it out because of the necessity of having to figure it out. And we saw that manifest itself in a way in the mission when there was a necessity to get something done, they had to overcome the stuff that they didn't really have to address when they had all the comforts. And, you know, a lot, we were asking them, a lot of them were talking about 
you know, caring about what other people think on a, on a level that they don't really recognize. And, um, I shared the verse in first Corinthians. I'll read it here. It says, um, but with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human in court or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself for I know of nothing against myself, yet I'm not justified by this, but he who judges me is the Lord. And I'd been reading that verse for a while and then them sharing that about, uh, you know, caring about what people think. I, a lot of people, even if you say, I don't care what somebody thinks about me, I would say that almost every human cares some to some degree what other people think about them, some more than others. But um, Chili would probably say, oh, no, I don't. I, I really don't. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's one that comes in my head that might dispute my claim there. But I would say to some degree, whether he realizes it or not, everybody has a small degree of care what other people, somebody, thinks about them. And it was interesting that Paul says here that it's a very small thing that he should be judged by the Corinthians or by any human court. And he says, and a matter of fact, I don't even judge myself, and I don't know of anything that I'm doing wrong right now, but that still doesn't justify me. That doesn't justify my actions just because I don't know that I'm doing wrong because I'm not justified by myself or by a judgment of anybody earthly. I'm justified by God who judges me. And so, I don't know, I just, I like that meeting that we had. I like that quote that you shared about not learning in plenty, so then you learn in necessity, and how those things that um, that we have that we ignore in the front country that allows us to ignore them because we have all these other comforts, you can get by a really long time with those, until you can't. And so the results of ignoring those are prolonged in the front country, but in the back country, the results of ignoring those are immediate. So when you're on the side of a 12,000-foot mountain and you're not paying attention and you let your emotions take over, you might slip and fall and kill yourself, and that's an immediate result. But you don't control your emotions in the front country and you lash out at people and you yell at your family and you act out of emotion a lot. Well, you can do that for a long time, and eventually your kids are going to pick up that habit, and then they're going to turn into that person who is not productive, who is not um, handling themselves correctly. Maybe your wife leaves you because she's tired of getting yelled at, or your husband if you're a lady. And so the things that happen, you do that long enough, the result eventually catches up with you. And so the um, you know, there's a quote, and Chile kind of alluded to it out there, but it basically says that, Basically, the mountains have a lot to give to us, and um, it's because they have so much to give, and that's why we keep coming back to them, because they show us things about ourselves when we get kind of stripped down, and that's what they're showing us. So those things that we're ignoring in the front country, they're showing us them through an immediate result so that we can work on them. You know, God's showing us that through that environment so that we can work on them back home, and so that's kind of what I... I guess, got out of the, the whole trip. Yeah, that really did become the theme of, of of that team there. And the poem that I read, kind of just to explain the context of what it what it's saying in, in terms of for those who will not learn in plenty, <clears throat> they have to learn through necessity. And the what what he's talking about is how do we apply? Okay, how did you guys apply this 
in your day-to-day life as I imagine the majority of you guys are Americans. The majority of you guys probably don't have to worry about where your next meal's coming from. You have shelter. You have all your necessities met uh, for the most part. I'm, I'm just making that assumption that the majority of viewers have the necessities met. The reason that our lives as Americans or, or people living in a first world country, the reason that our lives become so complex and so cumbersome and so arduous and the reason that we struggle the way we struggle with uh, whatever it may be. For you, it may be depression. For some of you guys, it may be anger. For some of you guys, it may be anxiety uh, about all these things and the complexities of your life. The reason our lives are so complex is because there is no longer uh, a need to meet the very necessities of what we need as humans to survive. So in the absence of of the necessity, when you have plenty, it can actually destroy you. Now, you can have plenty if you can keep in mind and keep in perspective the necessities. So you can be healthy in plenty, all right? But you have to really revisit uh, the necessities that we all need as human beings. <clears throat> so the writer of this poem actually ends the poem with saying, uh, please God, send thy necessity. Because when we get back to actually having to focus on the necessities of what it takes to live our lives, uh, it all of a sudden becomes very simple, right? And simplicity will set us free or release us in many ways from worry, depression, anxiety, anger, all these complex emotions that we feel from the complexity of our lives. Now, I, I think, um, and out on the mountain, it was for, for that team as physically capable as they were the first day it it was easy for them the first day all right and so because it was easy because they weren't having to focus on the necessities which out there in that environment the necessities are to eat drink and move in the right direction safely that's the necessities but because those were easily met they started to overcomplicate everything. They were just, they were coming up with things. Manufacturing their own problems. They were manufacturing other problems and and coming up with things and it was getting overcomplicated, right? So if you can't learn to be happy and live in peace with plenty, maybe you're struggling with that. Uh it's, it's not a bad idea to look around you sometimes and say, okay, what do I need to get rid of here? <laughs> what do I, what, like, I need to thin some stuff out and I need to get back down to maybe not the very barest necessities, but I need to really think about what do I actually need, mm-hmm. right? Food, water, shelter, um, the simple things. 
And that is going to, should, uh, open you up to a more peaceful time in your life. And I think all of us have to go through these, um, I think for me and you, Biscuit, seems like every cup, I talked about it the other day because we were talking about moving. I was like, oh, well, it's time for our our three-year purge. Two year, two year, yeah. We, me and me and Biscuit have moved about every two years for the last since 2012. Yeah, since 2012, we've even yeah, well for me even way before that. Yeah. And oh yeah, I guess for both of us, San Diego and Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. And like 2008. <laughs> yeah. Oh eight. And so that's actually been good for us, I think, yeah. moving every every couple of years because every time you move. You know, you you look around at all the freaking crap you've acquired. Mm. That's way that most of the crap is just useless. Mm-hmm. It's just bogging you down. It's just cluttering your mind, man. When you look at it, you think about it. You know, I even think about all the daggone guns I have, man. It's ridiculous. And gear. Oh uh, yeah, guns and gear and bicycles and and all and clothes and all this stuff. I, you know, just to even think about it. Especially things that are valuable, like guns. Like, oh, I have to have a place to put them. I have to make sure they're locked up. And, you know, this. it's like, come on, man. It gets cumbersome. It's call, it causes anxiety. It causes just, just in every little aspect is one more little thing that you're piling on to yourself. What were you going to say, Chill? This relates to contentment. In some way, too, that I'm sitting here trying to figure out. Like being content with plenty or being content with just the necessities. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it. that's not what that quote is really referring to, but it's what comes into my mind, I think, with... How, so many people feel like they're only going to be content if they have the plenty. Mm-hmm. But hmm. then, so that's what they're chasing. That's what they spend all of their time and energy and resources chasing. But then, often when they get there, they start yearning for just the necessity mm-hmm. because it doesn't make them content. I was reading the other day uh, in the Bible, and I don't remember where, but um, it was, well, it was, um, where's, I guess it's in Philippians. Is that where Paul's talking about being content? Um, I talked about it a but, couple different times. Anyways. Oh, yeah, it is in Philippians, yeah. So I was reading some commentary on that, and, and it was saying that that word that they use contempt for is actually means contain, like within. And, and he was saying that what Paul is saying when he's saying I, I can be content is that he contains within him what he needs to be able to, I guess, sort of... Um, accept, survive, thrive, any of those in whatever situation he's in. So so the power he needs is contained within him, not without him. So it's not these external things that are making him content. It's the, mm-hmm. the thing that's on the inside of him that's making him content. And I thought that was interesting because I'd never thought of it that way, of, um, that really the only way you can be content is by containing the Holy Spirit inside of you. Um and not the things outside of you. That material things and possessions don't make you content at all. They actually just make you want more. Well, 
It's interesting that you were reading that because I've been thinking a lot about contentment, and I think that's why my mind went there when he just read that quote again. And I I do want to correct a uh, some of the language that I just used in in what I said about contentment because I've been trying to fix this, and I think one way that I'll fix it is by catching myself doing it and then calling it out. I said, I do this a lot. I said, uh, I think a lot of people struggle with this X, Y, Z with contentment. What I mean is I do, (laughs) (laughs) but then I think I'll just lead that in to say something by going, Oh yeah, this is a struggle. No, 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 no. I do. So let me just fix that. Cause I need to start trying to work on that. But anyway, um, I, I do. I think that that's a big problem with me is uh, thinking something is going to make me more content or more, you know, it's like I'm just missing this thing or this. And I'm not big on things really, but I do do that. And I don't know if people, maybe people can, can relate to that, but it, it, basically what that quote makes me think of, even though it's not really directly talking about this is man, when you, or, or when you're contained, you know, it's when everything's in the right place, all you need is the necessities and, and that's it. Um, and oftentimes more than that is just a burden. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the necessities, it's like, you don't, you have opportunities to overindulge, but like you're saying the time we live in of plenty for me it's like I had to learn to meter myself. Otherwise, I could spend money. I could find joy and happiness that way. I could overeat. I could eat junk food. I could watch TV. I could scroll social media. I can, there's just like, there's so many things at our fingertips that are this instant gratification that lead to wanting more. And that lead to feeling lower than you felt before you engaged in the activity. Then I think that's why all this new stuff that's coming about that's like chosen suffering like sauna and cold plunge and physical activity is taking on so much because it's balancing this time of plenty that we live in because it's difficult to choose not to buy that thing and fill your house with all the clutter. And it's difficult in the evenings when you're tired and you just want to space out turning on a really engaging TV show rather than opening a book and like making good balanced decisions when you're surrounded by plenty to keep yourself regulated and to not start feeling a lack of contentment. Like, does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I'm confused why why it seems like I have to be I have to learn that lesson over and over again too. Like something to do with human nature. Well, yeah, because I think of that uh, Blake like this that SpongeBob quote. How many times do I have to teach this teach you this lesson, old man? Uh, it's like I don't I don't know how many times I have to learn the lesson that like getting something out, getting getting something new, or um getting a little bit faster at running or like whatever your goal is like, Oh, I'll get this goal and then I'll be more content. It's like, no man, you're not. So I don't, I don't know why I have to keep being, learn that lesson. That that's kind of confusing to me is. Well, humans are, humans are, uh, I guess in some way like squirrels, like we, we want to, we want to hoard up things. We want to continue to 
continue, continue. They, you, it, you, it's like you're never. You, it's so hard to satisfy the 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 nature of man. It's instinctual. For yeah, us, yeah, yeah. It really is. Um, I come at I come at this from from a a little more. Uh, I guess a little different perspective than like what Chili's talking about. Like, why do I want to get a little better at this? Uh, or Biscuit, you're talking about kind of the more physical nature of kind of counterbalancing the time of plenty. <clears throat> well, I, I want to come about it from my perspective from like a simple, a, as simple as the actual things. Cause Chili said he doesn't struggle with things. Biscuit, you don't struggle with things, Mm -mm. but if you guys watching on YouTube or listening, if you walked into my gear room, (laughs) you would see I have a lot of things. Well, you've always, every house we've had, if we have an extra bedroom, it's your bedroom. Yeah, I need a whole room to put my, you know, gear and, and bicycles and running stuff and, uh, out, you know, camping stuff and, you know, all this, and and so, but what I've noticed for me personally, I think about this, and after the Alpine mission, I thought about this. Every time we go out into the backcountry and we spend multiple days, or maybe it's TNGA or whatever, we spend multiple days out in this harsh environment, and the only things that we have are what we have on our back. Uh-huh. That's it. And like we're able to be completely self-sufficient out there and endure whatever uh, the environment throws at us with just this little bit of stuff that we have on our backs. And that, those times when I'm out there like that is when I feel most content, I guess you could say. That's when I feel the freest. And what do you and, do with your backpack before you go out and you... You're trying to trim that thing down. Yeah, you're to trying just to less and less and less. The absolute necessities. That's yeah. right. So when you're going and doing stuff, you don't want all that extra crap. All it does is just weigh you down, and you don't end up using it half the time anyways. You're yep. trying to trim your pack down. So that being said, uh, one of the things that I have failed at a lot and that I continue to fail at is I love the quote in... If you have you guys ever seen No Country for Old Men? I know. Yeah. yeah. We went and watched that movie when I graduated Navy boot camp at a theater up in Great Lakes when it first came out. That's still one of my all-time favorite movies. But the crazy guy, um, I forget what actor he's played by, but he's the dude that's walking around in No Country for Old Men. He's got the little cattle thing and he's killing people with it. Uh he says at one point in that movie, this guy's real particular, and he says, you pick the one right tool. You pick the one right tool. So for me in the lifestyle I like to live, I have I have to have tools to enable me to do the things that I want to do. Like if I want to ride, a, do a bike race, I have to have a bike. If I want to go out in the backcountry, I have to have a sleeping bag. I have to have a shelter. I have to have those things. Um but where where I fail at is I will buy three sleeping bags or I will buy two bicycles or it's like I need to think more about, no, what is it exactly that I want to accomplish and I need to pick the one right tool uh, that fits the, that, that fits 
or allows me to be to gives gives me the broadest range of capabilities within the activity that I want to do. Right? So that's something that I think is a, a good principle when you're thinking about buying a thing, whether it's a vehicle, whether it's a sleeping bag, whether it's a bike, whether it's a pair of running shorts, whether it's a t-shirt, like how close can I get to just buying the one right tool? Yeah. Right? Now, you may not be able to nail it. Because like Chili's, Chili's mentioned in the past, you can't have one bicycle that does everything. Yeah. Okay? But you should try to get as close as you can get within the activity or the thing that you're trying to accomplish. You should get as close as you can get to buying the one right tool. And that's going to lessen the amount of sleeping bags and running shoes and clothes and all that crap that you freaking have, man. Well, and I'll, I will say for you particularly, although you've got a lot of gear, <coughs> you're um, very generous with sharing it with like if somebody wanted to use your bike, if well, somebody wanted to sleep, if somebody wanted any of that gear in there, you'd just be like, yeah, go get it. And so, well, know, this is the way I was just about to talk about this, Blake. Oh, okay. Well, good. I set you up. This is the way that segue. This is the way I've been able for you guys. I don't know if this is practical for you guys or not because I don't know how I do it. But maybe it's something for you to strive for. Um, not because you do it, but maybe because this is biblical. Well, well, because it worked. Yeah, I mean, it worked. It It sounded like maybe you were telling them to strive for it because you do it, and I know you weren't. So I'm just clarifying. Because because it's worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> so because I do have a lot of stuff, the only way that I've been able to minimize the the like cumbersomeness of all that stuff or the the way that I've been able to invo- avoid like to a certain level being a slave to all of my stuff and constantly obsessing over it is I try even though I have all that stuff and gear and all this, uh, I try my best to have have a perspective of my stuff of that none of it actually belongs to me. So in other words, I try to live my life as if I have nothing. I just simply have resources, but those resources I'm not trying to hoard them, like 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 uh, Blake said. Um, <laughs> wow! You know, if 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 Blake if Blake wants to come get my bike or Chili wants to come get my bike to ride it, come get it. I don't care, man. Like if you want to use if you want to use use. I mean, I gotta trust you. Like some, you don't let me use a lot of your stuff. Well, you destroy <laughs> stuff. That's what I'm saying. You, I have to trust you. I mean, I, I'm not going to loan my stuff out to somebody who's just going to intentionally destroy it. Um, so, but detaching... His bike's actually your bike. That's what I was thinking. Detaching from like my... Like having as least amount of emotional attachment to any one thing. Like I have had to be really aware of that with that Land Cruiser. Um, because... That was like a dream come true to me to have a vehicle like that. And I was bordering on the edge of having an 
a unhealthy emotional attachment to that vehicle. And it's half mine. Yeah. And so I gave half of it to Blake. Yeah. So that's what you got to do, man. At least that's what I do to, to kind of overcome this. Well, that's called, I mean, that's stewarding what the Lord has blessed you with. That's what that principle is. Like you were able to get these things and yes, you are in control of them and, and it's up to you and kind of ultimately who uses them and how you, how you use them. And that's what stewardship is. It's like, I have this thing, I have this resource, whether it's a material or money or time, we all have resources and it's how you use them. Are you using them openly, allowing other people to take advantage of them when you're not, or even when you are. And that's what, that's where that ties back into the Bible is stewardship, Mm -hmm. how we utilize our resources that we have. It's difficult to own half of a Land Cruiser, though. Yeah, where did that happen? Who owns the driver's side? Oh, it's front and back. I've got the (laughs) steering wheel and drivetrain and all. He's got the back seat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how that goes. Yeah. Now I could just cut it in half. Um, But yeah, well, I won't go any more in depth to to that. Just something to think about. Uh, You got anything else on this topic, boo-boo? I, I can't really relate to this. I just, yeah, I just want to make sure yeah. I opened up a place for you to speak. Um, any, hmm. Is there anything on your mind today, boo-boo? <laughs> this is weird. You were like attacking me and trying to antagonize me earlier, and now you're being really nice. You had to have something on your mind. You usually only come when you've got like something. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm the immaculate lover, boo-boo. Or, ugh. So... <laughs> I wanted um, to create some space in the room. All right. Well, you've done it now. Let her talk. Up. Sounds like a romance novel. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've been thinking about stuff this whole podcast, but I don't know. You put me on the spot. It's, it's hard for me when you do the transitions, like when you're talking and then you're just like, okay, do you have anything to say? Like It's, it's like he's already out the door and he's like. Yeah, it's hard for me to, to like, you know, be on the spot and, and tell you. Well, I want to uh, apologize for making things hard for you. (laughs) That's really (laughs) poor leadership on my behalf. So, Chili, do you think he's being sincere? No. Yeah, I don't either. So I do want to apologize for that. Thank you. Man, we got 550 people on here right now. (laughs) What the crap, man? You too, man. I like, can I tell you what I was thinking about yes, while you were saying that? Yes, ma'am, darling. I was thinking about what you were saying, and I was thinking about how it could relate to other people who don't get enjoyment out of things. It, and name it. Like, pe- people get enjoyment out of different things. You love buying something new. That's like one of your things. Like, I love eating food, or I love indulging in like a trashy TV show. Or I, I like scrolling Instagram. Like there's just things that I can overindulge in. And I was thinking about is there is there a cue or a level for us that's like pretty definable as Christians that we've we've gone too far with indulging in worldly cultural things. Like my mind tells me we shouldn't be indulging them at all, period. So are we making excuses for ourselves that like, well, we live in this world. We, we, it's okay that we have an Instagram and it's okay that we buy things we don't need just for fun. And it's okay. Like, 
Or do we think that Jesus is like, all right, guys, I know you have to live in the time you live in. So, like, I'll permit you scrolling Instagram as long as you don't look at naked women. 13 or, minutes a day. Yeah, like... <laughs> I mean, is there a sign? So there is a cue for me. Yes, it's a great, it's a great question. Um, the, well, it's, it's interesting because you, there's not like a, I don't know that you could put a definable parameter on it. Everybody's going to be different. Yeah. So the cue for me and the reason that this is such a great question is because I'm actually feeling this right now in my own life is <clears throat> whenever Whenever I'm indulging too much in something or essentially what it is to really put it in, in black and white terms is whenever I'm worshiping something, uh, whenever I've made something or put something before my relationship with Christ, uh, I feel conviction around that. I really do, man. Uh, I, you know, and uh, what it is... It's the Holy, it's the, the prompt or the cue is coming from the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't have, I, I can feel that over and over and over again and know it's happening. That's coming from the Holy Spirit. There's no other, there's no other reason I should be feeling that, right? Because the thing I'm indulging in is, is obviously uh, making me feel good. So there's no other reason that I should be feeling I need to stop doing so much of this thing that's making me feel good, like scrolling Instagram, checking social media, keeping up with all that crap, right? It's made to make you feel good. Right. So what is this thing in me prompting me saying you should stop doing so much of that thing that's making you feel so good? To me, it's the Holy Spirit in me prompting me, right? And now I can get that over and over again. Well, it's it's on me to make the lifestyle change because he can keep prompting me over and over again, which happens quite often. And if I choose not to not to make the change, then that's that's on me. And it's probably going to in some way, shape or form lead to my own destruction. Um, You'll learn a necessity. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to lead me. It's going to lead me to a situation where I have to learn through necessity. So the Holy Spirit provides the prompt. For me, it's very interesting. Okay, I, I think about what am I being prompted at right now? I th I've thought about for the last week or two how much more time I spend scrolling my social media or checking social media than I spend in studying Scripture, in prayer, in helping others, in uh, it, 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 it's, it's something as simple as I, I, this is a new thing for me yesterday. I thought, how much time do I spend scrolling this stupid social media when, you know what I could do? I could find some random people on this social media that follow me. How about I just send them a message just saying, hey man, just wanted to say, hey, I hope you're doing well. Wanted to check in on you. Uh, maybe say a little prayer for them or something like that and just send it to them, man. Like, I spend so much more time making myself feel good mm -hmm. that literally, if you want to get down to the bones of it, I'm putting my my own desires in, in my own, what do they call it, dopamine? I'm putting that freaking <laughs> crap 
over my over my duty as a child, a son of of Christ, man. I see all the time. Look, this is something that hits me hard, man, because I read my Bible every morning. But you know, again, I may spend twenty minutes reading my Bible and then say a little prayer in the morning, and then and then what do I spend on social media day? Two hours, sometimes, some days up to four hours. Uh, but I'll set my Bible on a coffee table, and throughout the day, <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to know YouTube. Do you guys ever experience this? Throughout the day, I'll see things that are that end up on top of my Bible. And that, to me, is this strange indicator of what I'm putting above yeah. God. Mm. What is God in my... How many times a day do I see my Bible sitting on the living room table and my phone is on top of my Bible? Mm. I see it so many times a day. How many times... Look, over the last couple of days i've seen my bible sitting on the table and i've seen money sitting on top of my bible i've seen this can of nicotine sitting on top of my bible it's it's really really weird man and i don't know if this this crap is just happening uh because of whatever or if it's like the holy spirit like is showing me this man and, and it, it's it's a prompt for me. Like, that's the order. Your phone right there on top of your Bible. That's the order, buddy. And I'm like, oh, crap. Did any of y'all, have any of y'all on YouTube ever experienced that? A bunch of people are saying they don't ever put anything on top of their Bible. Kind okay. Of viewing it, like you said. Robert Lee had a good thing. He said, uh, don't ever close your Bible. Just leave it open. Uh, you know, he's saying only open Bible. That's good stuff, man. Do work. But yeah, I mean, an open book, you're not going to lay something on yeah, top of it because you don't want to damage the pages or, you know, whatever reason. But you close it and it's kind of like, all right, this thing's put away for a while. Yeah. It's now, just now, a different I, mindset. Yeah. No, I like that. I really, I really like that. I'm, I'm, I'm open to all this feedback. Now, I'm not saying that it's like, I'm not saying that it's, I, I'm not going to go as far as to say that it's just like, a, a blasphemy to set something on top of the Bible. Like, I don't, no. I don't, I can't go that far. No. I'm not going to go that far. But the things that I see, because my Bible is out in the common space in our house, the things that I see on top of it are generally indicators of things that I'm putting more time into or that I'm putting before God. It's a really strange thing, man. I've always wondered if anybody else experiences that. And well, go, go ahead, ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to, you know, go back to what you were talking about with your time, how, you know, you spend a lot of time on social media, but like how could it be used better? And we've talked about this before about how we are, how we contrast in those because you with your material things, you're fine. You're like your material resources. We'll just call them resources. You're fine. Like, yeah, come get it. That's cool. I don't care. But you, with your time of resource, your resource of time are very guarded. Like, mm -hmm. you want to be sure, I, I'm going to use this time. Sometimes it's for what I want to use it for. And, and sometimes, no, I don't think that's valuable. And you should care about using your resources for things that are valuable. And me, on the other hand, 
my material things, I don't like to let people borrow them. I, I yeah. don't, I like things to be, I'm very particular. I like them to be well kept in the right place. And I had a brother that messed up a lot of my stuff and that may have contributed <laughs> to it, him. but it's, yeah. I mean, I think that's part of my personality too. But with my time, like I'm, I don't care. Like, I don't know why, but I'll just go help somebody or if and I don't need anything in return, I'd, Maybe they're even abusing my time. That doesn't really make me mad. But if somebody abused a, a piece of gear that I gave them or some material thing, I would be upset about it. But if they abuse my time, I'm just like, well, that that's okay. And so it's just odd how we view our resources differently. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's easy for you with material things. It's hard for me. It's easy for me with time, but hard for you. And those the things that are hard is what you got to lean into. You can't, you can't say, oh, well, I'm good with loaning out my material things and so that's good i'm doing good there but now my time i'm going to do this and likewise i can't say this you know just the opposite of that and so uh you have to be conscious of the things that uh, i guess aren't instinctual or aren't hard i mean aren't easy for you and lean into those that are hard because that's where you make a bigger difference and get better and because people know you're that way but for them to get a text from you or call from you is going to, I mean, really just mean maybe 10 times as much as it means from somebody because they know that's like, you know, that's difficult for you to do. So they know that you're actually putting in a lot of effort to make that happen. I have been totally aware of this season that I have been in in my life for the last couple of months. Um, I'm totally aware of it, and I have not worked up the gumption to do anything about it. But speaking of hoarding my time, <clears throat> I've been a se- in a season in my life where I don't want anyone to engage me on anything except for people like very few people like Chili, Blake, and Brooke, pretty much people sitting in this room. I like today at the restaurant when the guy was trying to talk to me about my Land Cruiser. Yeah, you it, 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 it was bothering me. <laughs> like you're engage, you're engaging me right now, and, and 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 I I have I don't want that. Yeah, and um, I dude, literally for the last probably two months, longer or longer. Yeah, I've quit going to town. I go. I used to go to town every single day. I've quit going to town, except for maybe like once a week, like. If I absolutely need to do something, I've quit going to the gym. You know the reason I quit going to the gym? Not because I don't want to work out, because I don't want anybody to talk to me. Like, no, like I just want to be able to go in there, work, get my workout in, and leave. But I know someone is going to want to talk to me. Well, yeah, because that, that's yeah. not a bad thing. Right. I, I'm saying I, I'm, I'm completely aware of this daggone, this rut that I'm stuck in that's like, and, and you know what I think brought it, what has brought it on a little bit? What kind of, I've always, like Blake said, I, I've always been one to kind of hoard my time, but I've never been quite as selfish as I'm being in this season with my time. I think one thing that kind of brought it on is the fact, and maybe I'm totally wrong, but the fact that it's got, things have gotten to the point now that almost every time we go out in public, 
somebody recognizes me and want and want and comes and talks to me in any city in any town in and maybe it's just a short exchange but i don't i don't i have i don't know that i'm i'm not cut out for that it doesn't mean that i can't or shouldn't do that it is the path i have been called to walk um but I haven't quite learned how to handle that or like be in a healthy relationship with that. Well, I don't know why. I just think yeah. that that's kind of what drove me to this full hermit mode, man. <laughs> I think you got to get to the point that it's not how do I handle this? It's like you just you got a full you got to make it about the other person. Like, what an opportunity. Like, I can go to town, and people will approach me, and I can make their day. I can, I mean, you you have an audience with anybody that comes up to you. They, they, they already, they wouldn't be coming up to you if they didn't have respect for you or appreciate. And so you have the floor to share whatever you want to share. And, you know, not to be, um, you know, churchy if you want to say it but you have the answer you have the gospel and you, you know yeah you don't have to present that in in uh bible thumping way every time but you can act in a way that shows that to them and what i mean many people would kill to have that opportunity so you you got to stop thinking about like oh i don't want this to happen i don't want to talk to you go into town and maybe you just do it once a week because it, it is difficult and you say you know what today i'm going to go into town and anybody that approaches me, it's going to be about them. I'm going there for the purpose of getting approached and make the the interaction about that person. And I mean, I don't know if you go if you go do things because you know that it's not natural to you, and you make it about that, you will get better at it. Like I look for opportunities to give people money, to let people borrow things because I know I don't want to do that. And when I do it, it gets a little bit easier every time, every time. And so you have to go seek those opportunities out and not keep saying, oh gosh, I don't want to talk to nobody. I hope nobody approaches me. I don't want to be seen. And so. Well, I, I will, I will say I, I am conscious of it and I am aware that it's, it's a process that I'm, that I, that I am currently working through and, need to continue to work through uh it's just a, it's just such a strange thing because you know it is the it's the opposite of essentially what would be easy for me because like when i was a kid i played by myself i've always loved time by myself my whole life adult life in the seal teams and uh even prior to that working on a farm it's like Nobody, no, nobody has ever wanted to approach me for any reason. Um, just because I've just always been anonymous, you know, and I've, I've never, you know, just never been that type. So it always goes back to, it's interesting how when you choose to accept Christ and live for Christ, that he's, he's going to call you to a path that's going to challenge you in some unique way. He's not going to call you to the thing that fits the way you want to be yeah. perfectly. 
Yeah, he's going to use your natural, uh, the gifts that you've been given and the things that that you're good at, he's going to use that. But there's going to be some part of it that's going to challenge you almost every, I mean, I would say in every single situation. The most dangerous place for a Christian to be is in this place of total comfort and complacency. So... Yeah, but you got you know when you realize those things, you it's not good enough to just say I realize it and I need to work on it. Like you actually, no, I said I'm working on it. I know, but I'm just I went telling to the dang you. gym this week, man. Then you need to stop complaining about how I hate going to town. I quit going. You need to quit saying that crap and just go do it for I was, the purpose of other people. I was telling it to the listeners. I know, but you've said it plenty of other times outside of the list. How many times he told us, Chili? Yeah. I hate going to town. Man, I go to town. If I ain't got to go all week, I just don't go. I hate it, man. He's he's integrated some of the things that you want to work on. You've integrated them into your identity. Uh, yeah. And it's going to be difficult to uh, break free of that. You ain't going to come around here telling me what you know you need to work on, and I'm just going to say, yeah. Does any Has anybody on YouTube ever struggled with going full hermit? I'm sure they have, but um, I wonder if we had any other full hermits on here. Hermit um, Green. One guy said something. Sherbet Green disappeared. Oh, Sadie Jones. Justin, I guess this is some time off. Maybe a lady. I don't know, but uh, they said I think if I quit socializing, I would begin to hate everybody. Mm. I thought that was a pretty. That's an interesting Mm. thought. That you know, if you if you do if you will keep socializing with people and talking to people. There is a lot of bad out there, but you will see the good in humanity through that. But if you stop socializing with them, you're going to think everybody sucks, everybody's lying, everybody's deceiving, cheating, stealing, all of these things, mm-hmm. because that's just what's out there. So and I thought that was interesting. To me, the lesser amount of deep relationships you have, the less tolerance and understanding you're going to have for people different people because you're you're operating in an environment where you are only close to your wife your brother and the guy who's just like you so of course you're going to feel a lot of friction entering in with these people who are so different because you're in this little culture bubble but if you had more friendships that were deeper and you got to be around people that were different and you saw the good and bad I, th- I think it would it would ease you into that because it probably does feel abrasive to be around people who aren't like us. You're like, how do I treat this person? Why are they acting like this? Hmm. And it's kind of, you know, it's kind of awkward too. Like this is a, never in history has somebody been able, you know, until recently, been able to go around and people all over the country know who they are and them not know who that person is on some level. Mm-hmm. And so it is kind of, I think, awkward just for any human to experience that. And like, you kind of, how do you react? You know, like, Oh, thanks for watching the video. I appreciate what you said. Um, but then, you know, kind of maybe thinking through instead of just that natural generic response, something that you can share a value with the person to make that exchange profitable for, for them and you. I would not want your position and I love people and I value relationships deeply, but I don't want people idolizing me. I don't want people buying the shirt that I wore last week. I don't want like, and like you said, Blake, like 
I felt the energy of people approaching him. And we, I mean, he has a lot of really down to earth people. Like yeah, I'm a freaking megastar, man. When you just ruined this whole conversation, <laughs> you just ruined the whole thing. <laughs> I said that for chili. When the couple times recently, we have had people who are super down to earth, like we'll be eating and they'll be like, Hey, I know you're eating. Just wanted to say, I love your content. Appreciate what you're doing. Thanks. And they walk away. But there are the people who approach him who are just like, they, they approach him. I love your stuff so much. Thank you. And then they just leave this space and Chad has to fill that space. Yeah. And I have felt it before where I'm like, oh, like, and it takes a lot to make me feel awkward, you know, and I'll even feel it. I'm like, what do you say? Like, what do you, you know, and, and I've seen you do really well with it too. Well, I mean, in, in, in all this conversation, I, I do want to say this, huh? that the fact that I have, uh, that I have this tendency to be a hermit and not want to be approached doesn't mean that I don't in a big way, appreciate the people who do support me. Well, yeah. And who do uh, let me know that maybe they got something out of, of something that I might have said or maybe something that I did inspired them. Like, um, so this problem that I'm having is my problem. It's not, you're not, if you've approached me in the past, don't think that you're like creating a problem for me. No, I have a problem that I've created for myself. You're not creating that problem. It's just something that I struggle with internally, okay? So, like, when we were out on TNGA, we came down off a high tower, and there's this young man and his wife that had been standing there for hours waiting for me to come down off a high tower on my bicycle so that they could give me a bottle of water and tell me thank you and this young man's running his first 100-mile race, the Georgia Jewel, as a matter of fact. And he talked about how what we've done at 307 Project has inspired him to run his first 100-mile race. And he's been waiting there. And I, and I take the time and spend time with him. And that is, yeah. that is rewarding. So, like, I don't, want, I don't want listeners, people listening to this, get this confused. I'm just kind of letting you guys know something that I'm struggling with working through because maybe in some way, shape or form, maybe in your town, you, you have some leadership role. Maybe you're a business owner. Maybe, maybe you're a Christian and you're also struggling with this same thing of of engaging people and just fighting off this desire to become a full on hermit. Uh, we're pointing it out to to make the point that it is not an acceptable way especially for a christian to operate all right yeah and everybody on here think about what that is in your own life because you might say oh yeah i'm good i I love to talk to people and socialize well uh, well there's something else in your life that you are this way about and so think about that in your own life of what it is that's difficult for you to do and fix it. And just because you don't know, or you haven't realized it yet, doesn't give you a pass for it, right? That's right. It's what the Apostle Paul said. I don't even know what I'm doing wrong, but that doesn't justify me. Yeah. 
What do you think, Chili? Like, that's not an excuse that they don't know. So you're kind of saying it's on them to figure it out? Well, me and Blake have just been talking about this since the Alpine trip. But, I mean, just the point that is being made is that you all, well, I would say all of us are doing something wrong that we don't even realize. I mean, maybe not everybody, but I, I would say everybody on the planet is doing something wrong, but they don't even realize that it's wrong, but you're still held to account for that. I mean, it's still wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like just because you don't know that it's wrong doesn't give you a pass for doing the wrong thing. You still did something wrong. And that's <laughs> all I'm trying to say. That's yeah. a good point, Chili. <laughs> well, it's not my point, yeah. but it's a real good point. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Hoist, our hydration partners. Come on, man. Hoist is some good stuff. Made in America, battlefield tested, warfighter approved. Got 70 calories. It's got potassium, magnesium, sodium. Got some uh, carbs in it. Got everything you need. To keep you hydrated, keep you running, keep you working, keep you biking, keep you lifting longer, especially in this daggone Georgia heat, son. Hoist, an amazing product, amazing people. They've been our partners here at 3 of 7 Project for going on years. They support us in everything that we do. They keep us going in all of our endeavors. It comes highly recommended as your hydration supplement. I'll be using this stuff on the race we got coming up here in, what, a week, Blake? Yeah. week or two. Mm. I'll be using hoist there, 100-mile race. We we started using it on the treadmill race. I've used it on TNGA. I used it for freaking four and a half, five days straight on Cocodona. It doesn't upset your stomach, keeps you going, got everything you need, and just good, solid people behind the brand Mm -hmm. they make a difference here at 307 project and if you enjoy this podcast it makes a difference that you go and support the companies who support the podcast because that's how it all works man the reason we're able to do this is because of our partners like hoist and our patreon members you guys empower us and enable us to live out basically our uh design for for our lives so thank you hoist go get you some man at drinkhoist.com you can just set up a a subscription with them if you want to and they just send it to your house that's what they do here we just we have a certain amount that we know we use and it comes right here to the house we keep it here in the office and this keeps us going so thank you hoist we uh we got some super chats in the comments here today come on man yeah these these people we got a lot of them matthew scott he gave 20 bucks no message but thank you man 20 bucks uh atlanta's welder our buddy clint he said buy once cry once y'all are dialed in today 4.99 thank you clint tj mclaughlin we know him he gave five bucks thank you tj uh and jonathan another five bucks so jonathan we appreciate that man it's unbelievable that you guys uh, give your hard-earned money to support the show. It just uh, continuously just is astounding to me. And want to let you know how much we appreciate it and how much it means to us because 
you guys that listen to this show and support 307 Project, I don't think you understand. You guys have went above and beyond any of our expectations that we could have ever had for this podcast, for the YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. for the training that we do. You guys have literally come alongside us and allowed us to do everything that we do and you have exceeded what we could have ever imagined doing as a uh, as a team here at 307 project and it only happens because of y'all and we're going to keep doing our best to do our part and train people and reach people and change people's lives and spread the gospel and everything we've been called to do because you guys keep doing your part. And so thank you guys for that. Every one of you that listen today, it means a tremendous amount to us. Dang, Moses 84 just gave a hundred bucks. Moses, unbelievable, he man. He said appreciate you all. Unbelievable, man. I mean, just unbelievable. Yeah. Well, we hope y'all got something out of this episode today mm. as I shared my struggle with you guys. Uh, we talked about getting back to necessities and 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 remembering our place even when we're in times of plenty um that's all i got for today's episode i thought that was a good conversation chili's face is showing now people are so mad about chili hiding his face on youtube chili's face is showing and i think he's wearing his mom's sunglasses (laughs) we love you guys enough said